It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is UpToDate on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. An upcoming exhibit titled Inside the Box, a 1951 time capsule, will be on display at the Johnson County Museum from Saturday through early May. The show explores the documents of a recently discovered time capsule that was placed at the Johnson County Courthouse in 1951 by local government officials. These artifacts include letters, photographs, newspapers, maps, and individual items. They offer a glimpse into mid-century Johnson County. Andrew Gustafson is a curator of interpretation at the Johnson County Museum, and he's here to tell us about this fascinating project. Andrew, great to have you here on Up to Date. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. And on Kansas Day, Kansas Day, no, no less. less. Not bad, <laughs> eh? Yeah. So how and when was this time capsule discovered? Yeah, uh, well, it was recovered when the 1952 courthouse was being demolished around 2020 or 2021, um, but it was placed May 7th of 1951. Did you guys know it was there? You know, I don't know how many people remembered it was there. I actually don't know the answer to that question, uh, but it was recovered intact. It had been there for seven decades, uh, just resting behind the cornerstone of that but workers courthouse. just came upon it as they were doing their their work. Eh? It seems that way, yes, and that was offered to the museum um, and we uh, accepted it into the collection. Uh, interestingly, we had it x-rayed at the Nelson Atkins. Our colleagues at the Nelson helped us x-ray it to make sure there was something in there that was of interest and see what was inside exactly. Uh, we discovered that there was some re- uh, reels of film, microfilm and audio reels. It could have been nitrate film, so we opened it outside uh, mm-hmm. with hand clippers. A conservator helped us do that to make sure everything was safe as we were doing it. You didn't know what was inside, so you wanted to make sure didn't whatever know. it was was safe. Then, exactly. Eh? And yeah. everything was in amazing condition, uh, including the box, which is really incredible when you think about seven decades of just yeah. being crammed inside this copper box. So, so how long after you discovered it did you guys actually open it up and take a look? It's a good question. Uh, maybe uh, around a year or so. Uh, Why did you wait so long? I would have <laughs> opened it up the next day. <laughs> well, yeah. there's a process of accepting things into the collection at the museum. Ah. So we had to go through that process. There's always a process. you got to have a process. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so so we did that and then uh, opened it up. And I think one of the most interesting things to me was we would think, well, things are probably in you know uh, plastic baggies or saran wrap or something. Well, those products didn't exist at the time. So things were in paper envelopes. Pictures were sealed in tin foil or aluminum no foil kidding. and sealed with wax, beeswax and other wax um, to help preserve them inside that box, which I think is just really interesting and kind of insightful. We don't think of the 1950s in some ways not that long ago and others seems like a long time. But, um, you know, the things that we maybe use every day for our lunches didn't exist to help preserve things. Either, That's right? amazing. <laughs> well, let's go back to the beginning, back sure. to 1951. How did this capsule become buried near the then new Johnson County Courthouse? What, what do you know about it now? 
Yeah, so uh, they were building a new courthouse, uh, mainly because one of the big themes is growth and change in the county in the post-war era. So to help with all this new county business as people were moving out into Johnson County, this is the era of white flight, right? Redlining is happening in town uh, in Kansas City and cities across the U.S. We covered that in a pretty extensive exhibit in 2022 called Redlined, City That's Suburbs right. and Segregation. Uh, so people are moving into the county, more county business, need this new courthouse. They'd uh, recovered a time capsule from the 1891 courthouse, this Victorian era building, uh, opened it up, saw the things that were in it, and then uh, created a committee um, to pull things together for a 1951 time capsule. So there was a committee of folks, uh, but interestingly, uh, really kind of um, typical for the time, I suppose, uh, mostly uh, prominent uh, older white men, right, who are assembling this time capsule. So while we can talk about what's in it, and we should talk about what was in it if you want, uh, we should also talk about what was missing from it. Um, What was missing from it? Yeah, well, so this is a great question. So um, most of the things were placed in this time capsule by county officials, right, government officials, also mayors and city councilmen from 14 different cities in Johnson County, Um, and a few things from women who were in elected positions or county government positions, but uh, we're missing things from sort of the average non-governmental Johnson Mm. County resident. Regular folks. Regular folks, farmers, women, um, business owners. Um, Importantly, we're missing things from historic communities like the black community and Latino community uh, that that were uh, long alive in Johnson County, living in Johnson County. Uh, and in fact, the courthouse was just catty corner, you know, across a, a major thoroughfare from the Fairview neighborhood, which was a historic black community. Hmm. Those communities were not represented in any way in yeah. the time capsule. So um, I think we're, you know, you see um, uh, a lot of emphasis placed on how much new thing, how many new things are happening in the county and how much new business is happening for the county government, um, not necessarily on the day to day life of its broad, you know, base yeah. of citizenry. So when this 1951 uh, courthouse was torn down, you guys weren't actively looking for this time capsule? We were not. And if there, if there was somebody at the county, I'm not aware of them. There may have been somebody who was uh, trying to pull it. But, you know, it was behind the cornerstone, which is a pretty typical place. So they sure. may have, somebody may have had those drawings or those notes that, that knew that. But it wasn't something that we were necessarily, you know, at the museum. It wasn't on our radar um, to try to find. Um, but there, you know, interestingly, inside the time capsule, there are photographs of the cornerstone laying. So no they did all that, you know, they put all these things in this time capsule. They sealed it up, put it in the cornerstone with a fake cornerstone laying ceremony, opened it back up and then put the photographs they just developed inside um, of Isn't that ceremony. That and they yeah. still smelled like developing chemicals. No kidding. Yeah. Seventy no years kidding. later, it still smelled like they'd just been rushed to be developed and put inside this time capsule. Wow. So very, um, very cool things like that. I'm struck by the notion you put out a few minutes ago about this earlier time capsule with contents dating from the Civil War. Yeah. What was in that time capsule? Yeah. So a little bit more typical of what you would expect. So there were documents. There was an 1859 newspaper, the first edition of a newspaper published in Johnson County. There was a registry book of uh, citizenry and properties and things. And then there were physical objects, three-dimensional objects, you know, things that like, you might expect, coins, um, ribbons from um, the Grand Army of the Republic, so uh, veterans from the Civil War, um, some other metal objects, things like that. That's what makes the 1951 time capsule a little bit curious to us is it was almost entirely paper documents, right? Huh. Letters that were submitted, maps, photographs, newspapers, um, an audio reel and a, and a uh, microfilm reel, of course, were in there as well, but no commemorative objects. You'd think there'd be a commem- yeah, commemorative spoon or coins from 1951, but yeah. they weren't in there. Uh, but that committee that 
that put together the 1951 time capsule had opened up the 1891. So they knew what sort of objects were often in there. So it, it is a little curious. We'll be right back. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. We know who placed items in the time capsule of 1951? We do. So the committee uh, was led by Maurice Hubbard, who was a, a prominent person in Johnson County in the 50s, and uh, a committee of other officials and, and county leaders. Um, and then they asked the uh, head of the different county divisions, so uh, county clerk, county treasurer, sheriff, register of deeds, to put in letters about their divisions, um, the 14 cities that they reached out to that put in letters. And then there were some other things. There were some, um, you know, a, a check from one of the banks for when the next courthouse would be built. Kind of a funny thing to think about. Newspapers, things like that. Um, But mainly from government officials. Uh, So yeah, it was kind of interesting. What did the time capsule look like? It's a a box. It is. It's a copper box, handmade copper box, still in pretty good shape. Had obviously seen some moisture, but still pretty good shape. Measures less than six inches by 10 and a half inches by 13 inches. So pretty small. Pretty small. And yet there were 176 individual items in there. 48 photographs, 14 folded up newspapers, three maps, three small phone directories, 35 letters, and then those those film reels I talked about. So when you pull this stuff out and you and you think about it in total, what what picture emerges of Johnson County from the early 1950s? What is there is there a summary here? Yeah, I think uh, you know there's a summary here of a county undergoing massive change and really starting to feel it. So from mm-hmm. 1940 to 1950, the county went from 33,000 residents to 62,000 residents. Wow! And wow. in another nine years from when this time capsule was laid, the next census would record 143,000. So it's people. doubling every few it's years. Doubling every 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Less than 10 years. Um, so that's a massive change. Olathe, where the courthouse was, went from 4,000 in 1940 to 5,600 people. Mission Township in the Northeast went from 13,000 to 33,000, the original wow. population of the county in 1940. So massive growth. And the county government was struggling to keep up with this growth. I was going to say, does that come through in these letters that were contained in the capsule that officials were acknowledging the massive change and were peddling our bikes pretty hard to keep up with all this? Definitely, definitely. So the, many of the county departments talk about growth in the number of people who are working for them and the growth in the, num- the amount of work they're doing. For example, the sheriff's office went from a sheriff and four deputies to 12 deputies and four investigators plus a sheriff. Wow. Went from four cars to a fleet of more than a dozen cars, right? So huge growth in the sheriff's office, for example. We can also think about the number of deeds that are being processed for people buying homes as they move out into the county. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the exact numbers, but the Register of Deeds talks about you know this astronomical number of new homes. Think about car tags, all those cars coming in with those folks. Um, many, many car tags are being processed by the county as well. The uh, the uh, uh, county division of welfare uh, grows by like 75 uh, wow. percent in a two year period. It's budget. So massive growth. Right. And the county is trying to keep up with that and being able to keep that growth happening, but also respond to it. Were the letters handwritten or were they typed? They were typed. That's a great question. Yeah, they were typed Um, uh, often by secretary 
secretaries uh, at the time, uh, administrative assistants. Um, they're from, you know, some pretty prominent folks at the at the time. Judge Harley Haskins was a long-serving judge there, uh, was one of the folks. Uh, I mentioned Maurice Hubbard and some of the others. But, yeah, they were typed uh, typed up on paper. Do they foretell future events? Some of them do. Well, they try, right? So mm-hmm. um, there's also some interesting nods to the Cold War happening. Uh, the letter from Leewood says, if we can avoid war with Russia, we expect to continue growth in this community. Um, Judge Harley Haskins thinks that uh, the county will divide up its court functions into several different functions, different courts, excuse me. There's another letter that says that uh, the person estimates that instead of all these third tier uh, cities that are being formed, newly incorporated cities, that there'll be uh, one or two major cities within the county sort of taking over the smaller ones, annexing, annexing them to better serve the population, which, of course, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen, does it? Yeah. You mentioned that some uh, people of color were not represented uh, in, in the time capsule. Maybe that's not surprising, but what does that absence say to you about the mindset of the county back in those days? Yeah, there's some things that we can read, uh, glimpses that we can read, right? So I mentioned redlining, the redlined exhibits, uh, white flight happening. You know, while there's 110,000 white people moving to the county, according to the census records, in 20 years, there's an increase of less than 150 black people in mm. the same period in the county. But there are people living in the county of color, right? And they're not represented. So I think it shows um, a county... Of its time, right? Um, and, and people of color not feeling welcome in Johnson County. And not County necessarily feeling days. welcome. And we can see that in things like, uh, 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 you know, J.C. Nichols himself had passed away in 1950, but his company was still active. And there was a full page ad in one of the newspapers talking about what the Nichols company had done in the county over the past several decades, including the introduction of restrictive covenants, mm. right? And being lauded as a good thing for maintaining property values. Uh, we also see uh, a Shawnee letter say that it is a community of homeowners, practically no renters. Well, that also is sort of coded language for who is able to access that community, right? So we have to read against the grain a little bit there to understand some of those things. So what happens to the time capsule now, Andrew? Yeah, it stays in the museum's collections. Um, Things have been digitized. So the objects, many of them, not all of them will be on display in this new exhibit. Afterwards, they'll be cared for in the collection. They'll be accessible to researchers. Uh, We plan to move many of the contents online at jocohistory.org. It's a cooperative website where we have digitized a lot of materials. Uh, And I think there's a lot there for folks to unpack and really start to dig into new things to learn about the county. I should point out the exhibit uh, runs from this Saturday to May 4th, so lots of time to go see it, right? That's right, yeah. Okay. That's Andrew Gustafson, again, a curator of interpretation at the Johnson County Museum. Thanks for coming in and telling us about it. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute.